Now, at this point, if you have your Bibles, and maybe you have them on your uh, iPhone or your iPad, or maybe you have one of the real Bibles, one of those that you flip pages with, because this morning we're going to talk about something I feel like is so strategic for this time that we're living in. I mean, the Lord spoke to my heart about us as a body and about us as a church back, you know, several, several weeks ago. And the Lord said that this was going to be a foggy year. It's going to be a, a year where you, a lot of times you're going to have to kind of like feel your way through it. And I don't know if you're experiencing some of those situations, but I'm definitely am. The word that I'm having to feel my way through. You know, sometimes you just get up, man, the sun's bright, and you can know the way, and you can see the path, and you walk right down the path. Then other times you're trying to say, well, Lord, is this you? Is this you? Is this, this what you're saying into my life? Well, this year is, is going to be a lot that. Um, but, but I really believe that God is going to bring the light more into us if we do specific things. Now, you being here this morning, that's one of those specific things, staying connected as a body. Because let me tell you, we can do things that I can't do, and we can do things you can't do. We're better together. That's just the truth of the matter. We are better together. Well, I was right here at the red light this morning, uh, pretty early, right uh, not long after daylight, and I was coming through there, and the Lord I just kind of spoke to my heart. I just love it because I'm always looking for the emphasis that God is wanting to do that particular day. And he said, today, Jerry, y'all going to make me a temple and you're going to worship me. And I want you to know you're one of those powerful, wonderful stones in that temple that's being built up here. I don't know what it looks like from earth. I can see cars. I can see us sitting in those cars. But from heaven, I believe it's seeing a powerful temple that's being built as we come together. And I believe the worship that we was given this morning is ascending as a powerful cloud right up into the heavenlies. Praise God. Sometimes things are just not like they seem. <laughs> and God just has a different way of looking at things than I do. And so I love it when God gives us little inspirations and we can get uh, have a moment where we can just kind of glimpse and see through His eyesight. And that's what happens in the Word. And one of the most important things this year is for us to stay up with God with the revelations that He's given to us. Because if this, if this is going to clear out the fog, if we're going to be able to get a clearer sight and clearer understanding... You know, I understand that a little bit. You know, when you're even walking out my front door, I walk out my front door and I go to my car. Uh, when it first starts off, the green grass is all up. And so I have a certain path I'll usually pick going through that. But it won't take me walking through that green grass long, getting to my car, to where there will be a little path to be built. I won't have to strain near as much as I did when I first walked it because I'll be able to see the clarity of that path. And I believe that's what God's going to do in our lives this year. If we'll just stay connected first with Him, and then we'll stay connected with each other and what God is saying to our heart, that path is going to get more trodden. It's going to get clearer to where we will be able to walk out the path this year with a real clarity that the devil didn't want to happen in all of our lives. All right, if you, with your Bibles this morning, I'm going to use, I'm going to read, first of all, from the Passion Version. Man, I just love the versions of the Bible. 
Somebody says, well, I'm just a King James man. Well, I love the King James. Somebody says, I'm a new King James. I'm an NLT. But I tell you what, God is just so big, you can't, you can't explain Him. He really can't be explained in a few words. That's why the Bible is just so full, because any scripture in the Bible, it, has, it goes well beyond its bounds. It goes well beyond any words uh, description that you can give. And so that's the way this particular verse is. I'm going to read three verses, verses 13 through 15 of Hebrews chapter 4. And it says it this way. There's not one person who can have their thoughts before God. Wow. The Lord said, I can, I can hear your thoughts. And he says, there's not one person who can have their thoughts from God. For nothing that we do remains a secret. And nothing created is concealed. But everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes. To whom we must render an account. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. For we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands humanity, for as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way just as we are, and he conquered sin. How many of you are thankful that Jesus has gone through everything that you could go through and he's already conquered it for us, for the glory of the Lord? Thank you, Stephen. So that's just, uh, just that scripture is just so powerful in its, uh, in its description this morning. So it tells me that God's already walked my path. He's already, I, I can't go through anything that Jesus Christ doesn't understand. I can't be facing anything that Jesus doesn't understand. And Jesus has already conquered it. And if I can just go through with him, holding to his hand, honey, he's going to bring me through it too. Amen. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It talked about these thoughts a little bit more. And it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Wow, that places rubber where it meets the road. What it tells me is, is where the real battleground is. The real battleground, God says, is taking place in our minds. And in our minds is really where the Bible says here that we're transformed or not transformed. Where that I'm still living like I used to, those are areas that I have not allowed the Word of God to affect my thought life. Areas that I begin to change in, those are areas that I begin. We, we, as, a, as a modernistic person, so many times we cheap thought or we treat thoughts cheap but God sees thoughts as one of the most priceless things that we have. And God wants to help us to think right so that He can help us to be able to live right. Amen? Now, in other versions of that same verse, it says it like this. It says, don't be like the people of this world. Because the people of this world are thinking in a certain way. God said, you can't think like the world. But God will change the way we think. And he will help me to be changed in my life. Another version says, Do not conform yourself to the standards of this world. And then what the world is calling right, God is usually calling wrong. And what the world is calling wrong, 
God is saying, that's right. So God's thoughts are just so much higher than our thoughts. So what God is challenging each one of us to do is to begin to think like Him. Wow. All right. Our thoughts also reveal to each one of us, they reveal the impact that I'm allowing God to have on my life. What that means is, if I'm still thinking the way the world thinks, if I'm still thinking the way I used to think, that's telling me I'm not allowing God to have a great impact on my life. But if I'm going to allow God to have a great impact on my life, what did the born-again experience do? It was more than a feeling. It was more than a name written down in heaven. It was a life change. It was a miracle change. And that's happening or sustained in our life as we begin to think like God. So you can look at your thought life, and your thought life will tell you what, you're, what you've allowed God to do. I mean, whether I'm allowed to work or not work in my life. My thoughts are really the battleground of my life. My, the Bible says here that my thoughts, the way I think, is helping me to be more like Christ or is holding me to be further from Christ. So if I'm going to be more like Christ in my life, that I'm going, you know, we look at people and say, won't you act like Jesus? Well, the reason they don't act like Jesus is because they're not thinking like Jesus. <laughs> if I want to help them think like, if I want to help them be like Jesus, I've got to help them to think like the Lord. Amen? All right, now, I'm just going to run a little, uh, I want you to run a test to your thoughts this morning. Would you do that with me? Let's have a little test here. And the test of this, the, am I having immoral thoughts? And, and just... I don't, I'm not asking for a raising of your hand. I'm not asking for a, a blow of your car. I want you to just think inside yourself. Am I having immoral thoughts? Am I having fearful thoughts? Am I having thoughts that are making me worry? I mean, this morning, am I having unforgiving thoughts? Am I having angry thoughts? Am I having thoughts of giving up if I'm about ready to throw in the towel? Am I having depressive thoughts? Am I having thoughts of worthlessness? Or am I having thoughts of pridefulness or arrogant thoughts? Well, they, those thoughts reveal to me that I'm not allowing God's thoughts to be in me. You know, one of the greatest tests of your thoughts is your feelings. You can look in the Bible, and when the Bible has these lists, those lists that's in the Bible of the way we're to live or the way that we're to feel, they're automatic revealers of how I'm thinking. Because my thinking is going prior to my feeling. A lot of pe people, they want to fall in love. They want to gain that loving feeling. Well, if you don't get some loving thoughts, you're never going to have any loving feelings. Because those feelings are going to go by way of your thinking. So if I'm having a struggle with depression, if I'm having a struggle with discouragement, if I'm having a struggle with trusting God, somebody says, I, I, just, I, just, I just don't know how to fight my battles. That's true. And God will fight my battles, but He won't fight my thoughts. Because fighting my thoughts is something he's told me to do. Now, God will fight my battles, Dylan. God will fight my battles and he'll win. But God has told me that it's my responsibility and it's your responsibility 
to fight our thoughts when our thoughts are wrong. Now, I want to quickly find the solution to that. If we would, we're going to, we're going to read a, a quick scripture this morning. Uh, but wait, I just want to talk. There's, if I'm having wrong thoughts, it's revealing one of three things. Let me get that before we go into that scripture. If I'm having wrong thoughts, if I'm having discouraged thoughts, angry thoughts, unforgiving thoughts, thoughts that nobody's loving me, nobody's caring about me, everybody's doing me wrong, everybody this house is taking advantage of me. If those kind of thoughts are consuming my life, that's telling me one out of three, one of three things is wrong. Either number one, I'm just young in the Lord, I'm a baby and I need to grow. And that may be the issue. The issue with wrong thoughts can be the reason those wrong thoughts are still existing so much, it simply can be, I'm young, I'm a baby, and I need to grow. So if that's you this morning, you got to, or it could be possibly number two. Number two is, I know what to do, and I'm not doing it. I know I should be fighting these thoughts. I know I should be memorizing Scripture. I know I should be in the Bible. I know I should be gaining God's thoughts in me. But I'm just not doing it. Well, if I'm not doing it, I'm just going to be a battleground. Or it could be number three. And number three is, I'm under attack. And I'm saying, that's a noble place to be this morning. Somebody said, I ran the devil off two months ago, and here he is again. And he'll be there two months from now. Because the Bible says he tries to come back to that same house. The work of the enemy in all of our lives is that he's not leaving for good. But he's constantly coming back. And he's trying to take that same lie or that same way. He's trying to just repackage it and trying to make it new into my life. But if I'm growing in the Lord, the battles I'm having with my thought life, it should be different than the battles I was having two years ago or a year ago or even six months ago. I should be winning that battle more. It should be a battle and it should not be that I'm just not doing it. So that, that tells me that I have got to get a hold to the, to the Word of God and get it into my life. So either one of three things is going on. Either I'm young, I'm a baby, and I need to grow, or either I know what to do and I'm not doing it, or either I'm just under attack. So any one of those three areas really has the same solution. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6. Aren't you just love the Word of God the way the Word of God always brings an answer to us in, in our situation that we're having? Ephesians chapter 6, it's an answer to any one of those. If I'm having a battle in my thought life, what it says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord. There's no substitute for you being strong. Leaning on the, on the strength of God. Me being able to lean on the strength of God, whatever I'm going through, whatever you're facing today, there is no substitute and there is no excuse for not leaning on the strength of God. Because the Bible strictly says there, be strong. It's not, a, it's not a question. It's not an encouragement. It's a command. You there this morning, you may, be, you may, be, uh, you may feel as, as weak as a, as a 
floppy pickle. But I'm here to tell you what. God, in a minute of time, as you'll begin to rely on His strength, that strength of God can come into your life to be able to face this situation in a right manner. So it says, be strong in the Lord. Then the next verse, it says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the forces of darkness that we're fighting. Verse 13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God. The wonderful thing about this chapter that deals with the armor of God is a command comes out of almost every scripture. It tells me something I must do. Remember I said earlier, God will fight your battles, but He's not going to fight your thoughts. That's something we're going to have to do. If you're going to win this battle with your thought life, you're going to have to determine, I'm going to fight this until I win it for the glory of God. I'm tired of the devil trying to make my life unclean. I'm tired of the devil trying to make my life weak. I'm tired of the devil trying to keep me depressed. I'm tired of the devil trying to keep me discouraged. I'm tired of the devil trying to keep me sick. I'm tired of the devil wanting me to give up all the time. I'm tired of the devil. I'm ready to fight these thoughts and win it for the glory of God. Amen. The Bible says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. Then verse 14, still command, it says, stand. It says, stand firm. And then in verse 16, it says, take up the shield of faith. Take up a command. Take up the shield of faith, which I can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. This is a direct example talking about the enemy trying to put his thoughts in your life. It says they're, they're flaming arrows. Now, if you've been saved any length of time, that's something that you recognize. You know the what most wonderful thing about me, uh, the wonderful thing that happened about me, probably not certainly about me, about me, but the one thing happened to me is when I finally realized that those thoughts weren't my thoughts. As long as the devil had me convinced that my, my thoughts were my thoughts, or the thoughts that I was having was my thoughts, then the devil could keep me in bondage. He could keep me in guilt. He could keep me in shame. But when the Bible says be strong, one of the first things we have to come to a place to recognize that these thoughts are not my thoughts. I love Jesus. And when I have those thoughts that are wrong, I'm not going to claim those thoughts. In fact, I'm going to do what the Bible says. The Bible says submit to God and resist it. I'm going to begin to resist that kind of thinking. I'm going to begin to resist that kind of thinking that's trying to put me out and discouraged. I'm going to resist that kind of thinking. I'm going to not going to be that person. Because see what the enemy wants to do? He wants to feed us his thoughts until he develops his attitude. And when I develop an attitude of the enemy, I'm going to tell you what, we all know of people, it's easy to see it in other people's lives. It's hard to see it sometime in our own life. But it's easy to see. When, when you see a person give in to self-pity, when you see a person that gives in to anger and blaming everybody, everybody for everything that's happening in their life, you know that person has been infected by the thoughts of the enemy. First thing I must do, I must recognize, these thoughts are not my thoughts. I'm not going to accept them as mine. I'm not going to treat them as mine. I'm going to resist these thoughts. I'm going to fight these thoughts. Because the Bible tells me 
if I will resist them, they will eventually begin to flee from me. So we develop another stature when it comes to our thought life. Number one, I've got to recognize, if I allow that thought in me, it is sin. The devil's introducing thoughts into my life, then truly those thoughts have sin. They are seeds of sin. Either I'm going to allow those thoughts to stay and build sin into my life, or I'm going to fight those thoughts out, and I'm not going to allow the devil to turn me into a sin creature. That's the truth. So we determine these thoughts are not my thoughts. And do we have to also determine these feelings are not my feelings. Some of you can't get above your feelings. Your feelings have controlled you all your life. You get mad at people. You can't bring yourself to a place of forgiveness because you feel that mad. I want you to tell you something. You're more than your feelings. I'm going to tell you something else. You're more than your thoughts. You're greater than your thoughts and you're greater than your feelings. There is a real you that's in you. And that's that person of the heart. That's that person that God's loved. That's that person that God saved. That's that person that God's reached. And if you will let God, God will strengthen your heart to the place that you will be able to overpower the thoughts that the devil's trying to give you. I can remember, I, I told you this before, I, I speak of it a lot. I can remember where I was when the thoughts were so evil going on inside my head. I'd just been saved a short period of time. And I can remember uh, there was thoughts of lust, thoughts of wrong, thoughts of anger, thoughts of bad attitude, and those thoughts were really consuming me. The devil thought he could pull me back into a life of sin through my thoughts. But I can remember in what yard I was in. I was working there on a construction job. And I can remember I just looked toward God and said, God, will it always be this bad? Well, always. And, and literally at that point, the only way I could get a clear mind, the only way I could not think evil, was I would say the name of Jesus inside me so fast that my mind could not work against it. But I said, God, will it always take this kind of fight? God looked at me and told me it wouldn't. And it, wouldn't, it wasn't long before truly I was able to live through it where they wasn't as bad. And then another while, and then another while, and eventually, eventually the strength of God will get in your life to where it would be like my mother used to say, it would be like water rolling off of a duck's back. That when the old enemy is trying his best to give you his thoughts and the old devil's trying to get you down, trying to make you unclean, trying to make you mad, trying to make you... Eventually it will become like water rolling off of a duck's back. Because the truth of God will begin to prevail in your life. And I just want to tell you this morning, it's well worth fighting for. It's well worth fighting for. No, your thoughts don't originate with you, those enemy thoughts. There is a part, part of you that your thoughts do originate. You're the one that makes the decision about what you're going to think. But it's the devil that is constantly trying to force on you what he wants you to think. So if there's thoughts that come in, the Bible says, from the world. But the Bible says, don't be like the world. <laughs> Don't live with 
the same thing, the same desire, the same fault. So don't let yourself think like the world, the Bible says. Then it says, don't give way to the flesh. There's a part of you that still identifies with the old Adam. <laughs> There's a part of you that still wants to lust for things. And so what you have to do, you have to make a decision. I'm not going to listen to those lusts. I'm not going to accept that lust inside of me. I'm not going to allow my flesh to run my life. Because if you allow your flesh to run your life, it will quickly, eventually ruin your life. I've watched people do things they would never ever do if they just yielded more and more to the flesh. And then thirdly, the devil. There's thoughts that just originate with the devil and usually the devil's taking what you're thinking about the world and what you're thinking about your flesh. And he's usually using that to create thoughts to put into your mind. The devil's thoughts are really twofold. Number one, he doesn't want you to think high of God so he's constantly telling you God don't heal you God don't help you God didn't come through for you God didn't work that out so he's constantly lying to you and you've just got to make a decision I'm not going to listen to those thoughts I'm going to listen to the thoughts of God and somebody says how do I get the thoughts of God it starts with that word it starts with that scripture it starts with that promise What's God telling you He's wanting to do in your life? What is God telling you that He's going to do in your life? What is God telling you? And it's wonderful thing is to, is to go through the Scripture and find those beautiful thoughts of God. Then taking those as a sword and begin to do destruction. I want to quickly close with prayer for you. If you're here this morning and you say, Jerry, I just need some help in my thought life. I, I need God to help me. The enemy is trying to overcome me. I need some help. The Bible says that we will cry out to God. I want you, if you want some help with your thought life, I want you to slip out of your car very quickly. I want you to just stand beside your car, and we're going to pray together. Are you here and you need that? If you need help with what's going on in your thought life, then if you would, just slip out of your car very quickly. Let's pray together. Let's, let's emphasize toward the Lord what it is that we're needing from Him. Let's allow God to do a work. Let's allow a God to do a work in our life. Let's allow God to do a powerful work in our life. Let's allow God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray and intercede right now, Lord, over each person that's reaching out and, and claiming by faith a, a work of God in their thought life, Lord. Lord, the Bible says, be strong in the Lord. I ask for your strength to come, God. To every person that's reaching out to you right now, Lord, we pray for the strength of God to come in Jesus' name. The grace of God to overcome. The grace of God to recognize and the grace of God to fight past this thing for the glory of God. Lord, do not allow our thoughts to make us unholy. Lord, do not allow our thoughts to make us unclean. Lord, do not allow our thoughts to convey a weakness, depression, discouragement, giving up. Do not allow that, God. Help me, God, to fight in Jesus' name. Won't you do something as you're right there before the Lord? Won't you just take an act of your faith 
And I want you to breathe in the strength of God. Would you do that? Just like Adam did. The Bible said God breathed in him the very breath of life. I want you to do an act of faith. I want you to just take a big old breath and say, God, I'm just going to breathe in your strength. I'm just going to breathe in your might. I'm just going to breathe in your power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me... Let me say, this is, this is where the battleground is. This is two weeks in a row that I, I've, I've really came out and, and almost delivered the same thing. Not intentionally. Both, both Sundays I've had progression of this. But the Holy Spirit is zeroing here. Because God is so loves you, so loves me. He's trying to help us to overcome it.